Welcome to Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts. We are ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. Every episode, we invite people working in a variety of different fields related to aging and hear their stories. Tune in. Either you're considering a career in aging, or want to learn more about aging fields, or simply want to listen to a stimulating conversation, you will find something you like. Find Voices of Aging on the iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Madeline with the Voices of Aging podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Rajan Moon. Dr. Moon is the Faculty Director for Long-Term Care Administration in the College of Continuing and Professional Studies at the University of Minnesota. He also serves as the Associate Director of Education for the Center of Healthy Aging and Innovation in the School of Public Health. In addition, Dr. Moon spearheaded the University of Minnesota's enrollment in the Global Network of Age-Friendly Universities. Hi, Dr. Moon. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hi, Madeline. Thanks for having me. Could you please start uh, just by introducing yourself to our audience and tell us about the Age-Friendly You Network? Sure. Thanks. Um, I'm really happy to be here talking about the Age-Friendly University Initiative that we have. Um, In my past, I was really interested in the age-friendly communities work that's happening in cities and counties and in the state here in Minnesota. Um, I currently serve on the Governor's Council for an Age-Friendly Minnesota, and I thought a lot of that work could transition to a university setting, and there happens to be a global network of age-friendly universities. So one of the tasks in the Center for Healthy Aging and Innovation that I took on was enrolling our university in that network. Wonderful. Um, What are some of the current initiatives for Age-Friendly U at the University of Minnesota? We at the Age-Friendly University Council are a consortium of a number of different entities and organizations affiliated with the university that all have a common purpose, really to purposefully engage older adults, retired individuals, and lifelong learners for the betterment of our university and our community. So we work together to coalesce our work Um, And we're very lucky. We're the first institution for higher learning in Minnesota to enroll in the global network. Some of the members of the council and the work that they do includes our OSHER Lifelong Learning Institute, which is a lifelong learning opportunity for older adults and retirees in the community to engage with the campus in topics ranging all across the spectrum. We also have a University of Minnesota Advanced Careers Initiative, which helps individuals look at what's sometimes called their encore career or purpose in later life or retirement. And I'm not sure if you're aware, Madeline, but we have an amazingly active retirees association. It's called UMRA, the University of Minnesota Retirees Association, with over 600 members. They are constantly giving back and serving to the university, even in their retirement. That's fantastic. 
Did you face any obstacles at all in building the age-friendly framework at the university? Well, all of this started back in May 2020 when the um, then Center on Aging relaunched as the Center for Healthy Aging and Innovation. And I was hired to oversee the education work that Chai does. In 2020, we then called together different representatives from across campus to establish the Age-Friendly University of Minnesota Working Group. And that group really came together with these passions to find um, a, a common purpose to move forward in exploring enrollment in the global network of age-friendly universities. And so we consulted with President Gable's office and she gave us the green light. She endorsed our work and established formally the Age-Friendly University Council. And so in September of 2020, we officially enrolled. Enrollment uh, actually is sending information to Dublin City University in Dublin, Ireland, who is the global coordinator for the network. Um, we sent information about the different initiatives we have across campus um, and talked about our commitment, really enrolling in the global network is not necessarily a trophy or a prize for the work that we've done, though we've done amazing work in geriatrics and gerontology and lifelong learning. But enrolling in the global network is actually a commitment to the future to ensure that our university continues to be a welcoming place for lifelong learners and retirees and older adults and to encourage research and education in aging studies. I love that. And that's so important considering our population, especially in Minnesota, is just continuing to get older on average. Could you give us an example of kind of a, a real world application of age friendly you? How exactly is this benefiting our um, older population? Yeah. So like you said, you know, today, like any time in history, there are more older people than children in Minnesota. And this, you know, demographic reality is here for the long term and it's going to impact core work in all sectors. And we have to remember that as people move into retirement, our um, baby boom generation carry with them really lifetimes of experience in innovation, creativity, and leadership. And so one of the things that we've been doing is working closely with our retirees association to inform them about the different opportunities that the university has so retirees and older adults can re-engage with the university effectively. We also, through the Retirees Association, have a wonderful volunteer center where if students or faculty have projects and they're interested in hearing from retirees and older adults can go to the volunteer center and um, they will help recruit volunteers um, for classes or for interviews. So that's a great example of how we're able to connect different generations through courses um, through uh, the Retirees Association. I looked at the list of universities who are part of the global um, age-friendly universities network. Um, and I think I know the answer to this, but do you think there should be more universities involved? And if so, what needs to be done to work towards increasing enrollment to the network? 
Well, I definitely think that enrolling in the network is a good thing. It provides colleges and universities access to a peer support network where you can learn from other organizations across the globe what they're doing as it relates to aging. We're lucky that there are a number of colleges and universities that are in the pipeline. They're in process to enroll in the global network. It's something that needs to be done very purposefully, very consciously. And so just sort of raising your hand and saying we're an age-friendly university, I'm not sure we'll move forward any strategic priorities or goals around intergenerational learning and lifelong learning. And so while it's a good thing that um, there are a number of colleges and universities in the pipeline, it's really important that those colleges and universities do this through a purposeful, engaged process. So the short answer is absolutely. I would love every college and university to be an age-friendly university. But the longer answer is make sure that it's done purposefully and not just using it as a marketing tool or as a way to pat yourself on the back for the work that you've done. Absolutely. Um, I think that's incredibly important. Tell us about the global aspect of this network. How has kind of this international component, how does that work? How does that benefit the age-friendly University of Minnesota? So we're really excited to be part of both national and international organizations. So I'll start very briefly with nationally. We are part of a national study that is being led by the University of Massachusetts system to explore age-friendly universities in order to develop technical assistance and tools to help other colleges and universities develop plans and enroll in the network. So this is such a relatively new phenomenon that they're just now really developing a lot of the tools. Um, Some of the pioneers that were first enrolled in the network are trying to help their peer institutions across the nation and across the globe. Globally, we've been able to participate in different webinars and technical assistance meetings with academic institutions from all over. And that is really exciting to really understand how people view aging in different cultures and different countries in order for us to really think outside the box on what we can do locally um, and, and with that be able to partner with our fellow academic organizations here in Minnesota and in the U.S. to implement a lot of these great innovative programs that we learn about from Africa and Europe and Asia and South America. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I think it's important to kind of keep that multicultural and inclusive perspective when considering aging of, of populations in Minnesota. I know that you mentioned the kind of working with retirees in the in the volunteer center. Um, kind of going off that, are there any other specific opportunities for involvement, maybe for University of Minnesota students or listeners in general? Yes. So I would be remiss if I didn't talk about our newly relaunched graduate minor in gerontology, which is definitely a way to accomplish one of the principles of age-friendly universities. There are 10 principles that we essentially adhere, adhere to. 
And most of them, about eight of them, uh, refer specifically to engaging lifelong learners, retirees, and older adults. One of them relates to ensuring that we have a research agenda that includes research on aging studies. And another one is ensuring that our students have an understanding of the longevity dividend, the whole demographic shift and what an opportunity it is for our students. So I think that that is really an important way that we can engage students is by having a formal program of study in gerontology that any graduate student in any major can use as a complement to their current academic studies. So a social work student or public health or medical student could take additional classes that are from an interdisciplinary perspective. So for example, a medical student would take a class on policy and on psychology of aging in order to have a really well-rounded experience regarding aging. That's wonderful and and definitely something I would um, also encourage University of Minnesota students to consider. Um, and I, I thank you, Dr. Moon. I think that is a wonderful place to to end here. Um, I'll just ask, is there anything that you would like to plug, any kind of message that you would like to uh, leave our listeners with today? Yeah, thanks, Madeline. I just think what's really important is for us to think about the amazing opportunities that we have over the next several decades as we become an older community to re-engage with older adults through our campus community, whether you are in an education program focusing on teaching children to a geriatrics program, it's important for you to think about the longevity dividend and how this is a great opportunity to to engage older people in your coursework and in your service learning opportunities. So I really appreciate the time today to talk about the age-friendly university. And if anyone is interested, please reach out. I'm happy. I'm very passionate to talk about age-friendly universities. um, And I'm excited for our future. Thank you so much, Dr. Moon, for speaking with me today. Thanks, Madeline. This podcast is brought to you by ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. We are a collaborative networking group for students studying aging across the university. Stay tuned for the next episodes of Voices of Aging, where you learn more about aging through experts.